Thank you for joining the Broken Road to Mental Health podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Feckety, and I'm so glad you are on this broken road with me. I hope you will find value in this podcast, and if you do, share it with somebody else who too might be struggling on this broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thank you for joining. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Broken Road to Mental Health and Life and in Business. I'm your host, Sharon Feckety, which is one of the hardest last names to say. And I'm very happy to bring you today, Abby Feltham, who has joined us from the UK and um, is an amazing 33-year-old content creator who's based in London. So welcome to the show, Abby. Hi, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. All right, so I want to say off the bat, if you are not already following Abby, stop what you pause this, go to Instagram and just follow her because her content is crazy good. So it's all in the show notes. Um, all the reels are incredible. It's such a refreshing way to see some humor put on some, uh, this beautiful disaster that we've created for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> So Abby, I'd love it if you told us just a little bit of your story and how you got to where you are today. Um, well, it's a bit of a long story. <laughs> plenty of time. Um, yeah, I guess it. I guess it's it starts with me not wanting to have any responsibilities as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Never really wanted to grow up. Um, having a lot of mental health issues and mm -hmm. undiagnosed mental health issues in, in my teenage years and my early 20s. Um, mm -hmm. And then just uh, what followed was like 10, 15 years of escapism, which mm -hmm. um, kind of led me down the road of addiction, um, world travel. I lived out of a backpack for 10 years while I traveled the world and, and worked in restaurants and for like three months at a time and kind of like bounced from place to place, mm -hmm. um, which was really fun until uh my addiction issues and untreated mental illness just just got on top of me and it was fun until I I wanted to die <laughs> yeah fun until it wasn't fun anymore exactly that's it so you got sober how many years ago now uh April 1st 2020 amazing so a pandemic baby has been born yeah. in sobriety which I don't have any idea how you did that but I would love to know. So, um, and I, we had a, a brief conversation prior to hitting record, like I do with everybody. I probably should just hit record secretly because it's usually the best part. Oh, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's tremendous to hear of how you have come to where you are today, um, starting out with content on the internet about, you know, fashion and, and then moving into the sobriety. So why don't you just give me like a fast forward to how it was right before you got sober and how you got to becoming this content creator? So just before I got sober, like I had the worst year of my life as, as many people do before they enter recovery. Yeah. It was, mm -hmm. it was rock bottom after rock bottom, after rock bottom. Like I'd, I'd been running away from like my, my problems and, and, running away from my mental health issues and my depression for like so long, like it, it, it really caught up with me. I was, I was living in Australia, um, ended up becoming like very, very deeply depressed. And I was like, oh, I know 
the best way to deal with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Southeast Asia, which I did. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I moved, I moved oh, back wow. to Laos. So, so prior to living in Australia, I lived in Laos for four years, um, just working in a bar um, and not doing anything else much, but party. Yeah. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, I basically just drank and had sex for four years. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I went back there and then I ended up, I ended up meeting a guy, fell in love, um, and I was like, oh, yes, my depression's cured. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine now. Right. Um, like, spoiler alert, it was not fine. <laughs> uh, I, I ended up moving to New York with him. Um, wait, but that's where he's from. So I lived in Long, Long Island for a little while. and Which is uh, where I'm from. Oh, is it really? That's amazing. Yeah. That's <laughs> I guess it's amazing. <laughs> well, I, I moved to Sag Harbor. Oh, wow. um, and then, yeah uh, lived, lived there for for a summer but whilst I was there the kind of the the pink cloud of love as it were kind of faded away and it turns out that my depression was still there and then mm. the, the love that I had with this guy I kind of turned it into another drug and it sort of like just masked all mm. all the problems that I was running away from and they all like reared their ugly head and I, I was I'd already kind of come to the terms that I was an alcoholic by that point but um like my my alcoholism just really took another level like I I, I was in being in America like I, I was by myself I was like I didn't have a car I didn't have any friends I was working with my boyfriend like I really relied on him for everything mm-hmm. um and I just lost all sense of self and mm-hmm. just ended up like just self-medicating with bottles of tequila a day mm-hmm. um so I ended up destroying that relationship quite promptly. No way. <laughs> yeah, this, this poor guy went on holiday to Laos, met a British girl, took her home, and now he's just got this drunk girl living in his house yelling at him. <laughs> uh, so he kicked me, yeah, so he kicked me out um, and I moved to Canada, moved in with like a, a, a mutual friend of ours there. And then uh, I was yeah, very, very deeply depressed still in, in order to like cope with my breakup and my broken heart I started smoking crack which probably you know wasn't the best idea but it probably didn't help I mean I'm no doctor <laughs> that's how I decided to heal at the time I was like you know what's gonna make me feel better I'm gonna develop a crack habit um so I did that and then things just got worse and worse and worse obviously um I was living in Ottawa at the time when I started smoking crack and I was just oh I was just in the pit of despair I was literally mm-hmm. living in a crack den with this guy um and then so I was just about four months of that I was like oh my god I have to stop doing this like I have to leave so I so I moved to Vancouver Island. I was like, do you know what? Again, I was like, do you know what's going to make things better? If I move. I'll move. Yeah. yeah I'll move to the other side of the country. This is going to yeah. be this is fine. This is, my problems won't follow me. They did. <laughs> um, very, very quickly, I became <laughs> my depression, like the, the novelty of moving to a new place wore off. My depression came back and my addiction issues were getting worse. Like I'd stopped smoking crack, but I was just drinking to oblivion every morning, every night. Um, and I ended up... Um, trying to kill myself in my trailer um the, a, another guy that I was seeing at the time ended up like say coming in and like just at the right moment saving my life and I, I ended up in a in a psych ward which was another really low moment because I was in Vancouver Island the place I'd never been to before with no no family or friends around and I was just like in mm-hmm. this psych ward and I was like what is going on yeah um, I've been to one yeah yeah <laughs> Very confusing. they're not great they're not 
They're not all they're cracked up to be. They're really not. Like I turned up like fresh off fresh off a suicide attempt. They gave me some pajamas and grippy socks, and they were like, "All right, this is your life for the next few days." I was like, "Who are you people?" Uh, yeah, and then I got got out of the psych ward, and then instead of that being like a wake up call, like kind of like you know, looking back, it, it was really quite a. A massive warning sign like that should have told me that like hey the world's not your problem you are your problem <laughs> like all this, this stuff's happening no matter where you travel to in the world you're still like destroying everything but I, I, I didn't come to that realization so I just started drinking again as soon as, as soon as I got home back to my trailer from the psych ward I went straight to the liquor store went straight mm. got more alcohol and I just wanted to forget just wanted to forget how I was feeling wanted to forget all the awful things that had happened um and then it's carried on drinking and then um I was working in a barbecue restaurant at the time um and I yeah I I I was drinking in the morning well I'd been drinking in the mornings for years by that point but I was drinking um before work and then I got into the habit of drinking at work um mm. and and I, I thought I was getting away with it for quite some time <laughs> and then I blacked out whilst I was on shift um it's just me and like another server and I was I was laughing not at you but <laughs> just no, so with you yes yeah, I get no, it's funny like I look back now and I'm just like what the hell was I yeah. doing <laughs> um and, and I, I was drinking I drank like a whole bottle of vodka at work and I was like, blacked out and I just I'm like it's very very like patchy um that night but I just remember like my the, the owner of the restaurant coming in and it was just chaos behind the bar and I was just like falling over and like smashing things up. And this other server was just like a cowering wreck in the corner. Um, and then, yeah, I just remember him being very angry at me. Sure. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning, like still in my uniform. And um, yeah, yeah. And then I got called into the office the next day and, and, and my boss was like, I think you have a drink problem. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I think you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, and then I was kind of like wallowing in the pit of self, for self like yeah, self despair. Yeah, for a mm-hmm. while there, and um, until this is when like the pan- pandemic started kicking off. This is probably like March. This must have been March twenty twenty. Yeah, and a, a lot of like I was living in a in like, it was like a tourist town in Vancouver Island, and so a lot of the um, the jobs there were in the service industry. So everyone was losing their jobs. Yeah, um, a lot of like backpackers were going home. Everyone was flying home. Uh, you know, it was it was a time of like great uncertainty. Sure. Uh, so I kind of used that as my cover <laughs> to yeah. go home, and um, I, I was kind of like had a sort of like niggling feeling that like I, I had to change something. I wasn't quite ready yet, but like I called my mum up and I was like, "Mum, uh, you know this whole coronavirus thing? Yeah, I should totally come home." Also, I've been in the psych ward. Uh, she was like oh okay yeah I didn't tell her about the job loss yet and then um yeah got got back to the UK back to my mum's house and carried on drinking carried on drinking like there was there was a point where like I woke up after about a week and I looked down beside my bed and there was like four bottles of wine and a bottle like empty bottles of wine and empty bottle of vodka and like just like beer cans everywhere and I was just like oh my god Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah. then I remember I was just I was sat on my bed in my at my mum's house, and then I just I had that moment, I had that epiphany moment that a lot of people talk about, 
like yeah. it's just like it was almost like a little voice kind of like spoke to me and just, just told me you don't have to do this anymore like you mm. don't you don't have to live that like live like this like yeah. you, things can be different and then everything sort of like kind of slotted into place and mm. I realized that if I stopped drinking and taking drugs and actually had some clarity in my life and actually started working on myself then things would vastly improve you know I've been, I've been slowly killing myself for many many years either like by accident or deliberately like trying to um and I just realized I didn't want to die anymore I was like yeah. oh I don't I don't want to I don't want to be in pain every single second I'm alive but I do want to be alive um and then I, d- I decided to stop drinking good for you well yeah. I want to um first say congratulations and I'm, <laughs> I'm also very glad that you made it and survived it because um I don't think uh after some time goes by we don't realize what like we know we're miracles but truly miracles because the way that we lived our lives was um there's no reason we should be sitting here having a conversation on zoom right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And even, so for me, it, you know, it's 27 years later, but I, um, you know, I blacked out living in long Island, New York and moved to Detroit, Michigan and stayed there for two and a half years in a complete blackout. So I don't remember Mm -hmm. from 19 to 21 and, you know, it's a very scary time for everybody around me. Not so much for me, because always anesthetized and always drunk and always, always high. Crack was, uh, you know, chapter two or three in my book. I'm not sure. I smoked crack yeah. <laughs> um, because it, you know, just it's uh, it's reassuring to hear, you know, and when I hear your story, this is what I hear my whole 27 years is me listening to people's stories of recovery. And so when I laugh, it's um it's with you, right? Because I, I identify and the importance of identifying with somebody else is so vital. We interrupt this awesome podcast to tell you about our sponsor, Thai Technology. They are a voice over IP phone company with superior voice services to businesses across the United States. So get this, Thai Technology only takes on referral customers. What does that mean? Their entire client roster is filled with satisfied customers. So why do I love them so much? Because they're the very best when it comes to excellence in customer services. So they're local here in Tampa Bay, but that doesn't mean that they can't service your amazing organization. If you mention this podcast to Thai Technology, you will get the first three months for free. So don't forget to mention the broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thanks for listening. I want to, I want to bring us a few things up that, um, (laughs) that strike me, um, and very common for myself too. I actually, when I tell my story in my recovery group, I always say, um, and then some guy, then I met some guy. Yeah. (laughs) That's what happened. You know, I was in a rehab and then I met some guy. And then I was, you know, in New York one day, I guess, and I met some guy and I ended up in Detroit, Michigan. And my, my whole identity was just taken over by somebody else. So to this day, like I try to bring up codependency because it's like codependency and addiction and alcoholism and, oh, the list goes on. 
And, um, and also being a survivor of a suicide attempt, you know, is of course the same for me. It's there's, mm. it, it doesn't um, ever leave my, my mind and my heart that I am here and you are here. Okay. And that's beautiful, right? That we, yeah. oh my goodness, some higher source gave us another and another and another and another chance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. yeah. I'm so grateful that you're here. All right. So let's get to the good stuff. Now everybody knows about all the bad. So Abby gets sober uh, in her mom's place, which is fantastic. The fact that they still take us in, the fact that my parents still talk to me is a miracle. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what I put them through. Um, and now you have you have this great platform. So tell me how that came to fruition. Well, not Sorry. just me, Abby. Let's tell the audience. It feels like just me. <laughs> uh, so when I was so my, my, my recovery coincided with pandemic and kind of and worldwide lockdowns mm-hmm. um so I, I I knew that I needed something to occupy my time with um I knew I wanted to do a lot of like, like self-development and and like and healing work and everything but I was like I, I needed something to, to fill the time with and like mm-hmm. a, a very creative person obviously um uh, yeah so <laughs> I needed like a creative outlet as well and I've always really loved fashion and and mm-hmm. doing like doing like fashion content on Instagram was always something that I'd wanted to do but I never could because I was really drunk all the time <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes it takes a lot of effort to get ready and start taking photos. You know, <laughs> you might just be in a blackout and forget to hit record, or who knows? But yeah, exactly. Doesn't always work. <laughs> what a waste of time. Uh, so I started doing fashion content. Like I was, always, I was always always open about the fact that I was. I was in recovery, and I was in like kind of early sobriety. I, I kind of like mentioned it now and then, but it was never a point of my contact of my content um and then yeah about a year of doing that I kind of I felt like I sort of um completed the project as it were like um I I kind of done achieved everything that I wanted to achieve with fashion content I felt that I was I I was in a place where I was I was feeling more confident in my sobriety and I I was in a place where I wanted to be in service of others uh, because I'd spent so long like either being selfish or just taking things from other mm. people never never really giving like try to be a good friend but really at the end of the day how good of a friend can you be when you're just high on crack all the time like <laughs> um, and, and like, like it wasn't even in the country same country as a lot of my close friends anyway um, <laughs> so I just yeah I kind of wanted to be in service of other people um so I started making recovery content you know and mm-hmm. also it was part of my own healing process like kind of expressing myself and 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 making fun of myself laughing at myself yeah so I started making yeah stuff about sobriety and and recovery and it it really resonated with people and oh my god it resonates like crazy I mean you have like 200 comments on posts which is phenomenal I mean if three people make a comment it's a lot but you really have an engaged (laughs) community so it's fantastic yeah 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 they're all really amazing like um, yeah, a, a community of, of people who are either um, currently in active addiction and, and they want to get better, or they're kind of sowing the seeds to get better, or you know, it's people who who are who have been in recovery for a while and and uh, yeah, kind of relate in that way. 
Yeah. So have you been able now to make a career out of it? Yeah. 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 So I've, so I've signed with a talent agency now. Oh, wow. Really yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. And I'm working with brands and stuff, which is, yeah, which is really awesome. Like I'd really like to be able to, to concentrate a lot on, on making like, yeah, yeah making content. That's amazing. So um, I've shared this before many times, and um, I mentioned to you that I've had a few of your friends that are in recovery on the show. And um, I have, you know, I got sober through a 12 step recovery program. There was no internet. I was 21. I was, I'm 49. Do the math. Um, <laughs> and, or don't do the math. That would be nice too. And uh, like, that was the only outlet and I'm super grateful for it. Like that's how it worked for me, but I have no opinions or judgments on how anybody heals. I just want you to get sober and I want you to learn, you know, how to navigate through sobriety and your way out of this crazy broken road of mental health. So how did you heal? I, I healed in like, I use like quite a lot of that different methods. Like, I know I'm, I am a lone wolf, really. I'm very, I'm very like, I don't know, well, I'm very good at isolating myself, that's for sure. But like, I'm always, uh, yeah, I do, I, I do things like a lot for myself. Like, and like, I do, I do accept the help of others, but, but also, I don't know, I, I yeah, I, I do things for myself a lot, you know? Yeah. So, so I kind of, um, I found myself having like a thirst for, for, for knowledge and just for like learning and, mm -hmm. and teaching myself at the at the beginning of my sobriety so I'd and I was really really motivated to get better like as soon as I made the decision that I didn't want to die anymore like mm -hmm. that was it I was like right I'm, I'm doing this if I'm healing it's the same with like drinking if I'm drinking I'm like drinking to oblivion like and right. if I'm healing then I'm then I'm healing everything you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah so I did I did a lot of, I did a lot of meditation I did a lot of yoga did a mm. lot of kundalini yoga um nice. I kind of turned meditation into a drug I was okay <laughs> I was that's saying, better than yeah. crack yeah exactly well at one point I was doing like three hours of meditation wow um, yeah it was really intense but like it really helped me like, <laughs> Good. I kind of, like, I've kind of leveled out that now oh. but, uh, <laughs> but yeah just yeah meditation really 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 helped me yeah uh, yeah I, I read a lot of books I, I got involved with like online like instagram sober community mm. um, I, I just talked to a lot of like people who had been been through the same sort of stuff as, as me really and then I, because it was pandemic times when i was in early sobriety there was a lot of people had a lot of free time and, and were able to do a lot of talking and people wanted to connect and mm. and um yeah yes i did a lot of healing that way that's amazing um, well i think that um it's incredible to be able to create a community, whether that's in person or online, but <laughs> community is really everything. And for, I, I know, I never even said the term isolating. Like that wasn't even like a word that was in my vortex. And um, I know how to do that really well. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, please. <laughs> I'm thrilled. <Yeah. laughs> I'm thrilled to not have the humans around me. And um, just like my husband and my dog and my stepson and, you know, in our, our little world here. And, but for me, you know, it was very important that I, I'm aware of that because I could really like just live, like I have to force myself to interact with other people mm. because otherwise it, it, 
too much time on my own isn't isn't always good for me. So isolating yeah. is is a part of it. I feel like you know I feel like it's it's very hard to connect. We we as uh, people in recovery uh, use drugs and alcohol to disconnect. Yeah, that's it. That's you it. Know? But it's the community and the identification with other people that really kind of brings us back. And lucky for you, you started meditation early. It took me about 23 years of recovery to start meditating. Oh, wow. I know. And now I love it. Like I start my day that way every day with exercise and meditation. So yoga has been a big part of your recovery as well. Yeah. 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 When I was, so my, my mom has a house in Greece. Um, so after the first lockdown in the UK, um, we kind of, had freedom for a little while and then went back into lockdown um but we we moved to my mum's house in Greece so I spent like six months living in Greece and mm-hmm. I kind of found this community of um just amazing women who were all like really nurturing really healing um we did a lot of like yoga and like um yeah I was just doing yoga with them every day you know like I'm a big believer in like like um attracting the energy that like mm-hmm. you sort of put out so when I was in active addiction and I was just chaotic and and crazy and I just, I was just destroying everything you know I, I invited those kind of people into my life and then like being in recovery and and kind of being peaceful you know I invited those sort of people into my life so yeah, yeah. I just found this like amazing like community of like yeah really really nurturing sort of like motherly figures and yeah. yes spent a lot of time doing yoga yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome Yeah. I mean, I think that there's many different prescriptions for sobriety and many different prescriptions for mental health. It's not a cookie cutter. There's certainly not one way for, um, all of us. It's, uh, for me, you know, um, I look at others that don't have to work so hard on their mental health and I'm in awe, you know, if I don't wake up and exercise and meditate and walk and be with my dog and all that stuff, like I, I'm a hot mess most of the time. And yeah. The world could be falling apart, even though nothing is wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So good. yeah, so I think a lot of us connect that way in recovery, where we have to find these outlets and whatever works. You know, whatever works for you is as long as you're. I mean, just just putting that damn drink down is difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> that was the hardest breakup I ever went through. <laughs> I know. Sure. Me too. My <laughs> little bottle. So. Um, <laughs> So before we go, I, I mean, everybody, really, I can't tell you enough. How, I just love it. I think that um, if you haven't heard about the podcast, um, Depression Mode, mm. you would probably love it. Have you heard of it? I have not, but I'll oh definitely God, it's So good. Because it's like all comedians, the hilarious world of depression. It's like comedians that have really been in shit and yeah. then, you know, climb their way out and still can be in shit, but you know, there has to be, uh, you know, I, I've put out content before myself where I'm making fun of, you know, being suicidal. And I'm like, listen, yeah. like I live through it. I'm, I'm allowed to put a little humor on this. And I think it, it is a great way to heal. Laughter is a beautiful form of healing as well. Don't you think? It is. It really is. Yeah. And it, it gives us an opportunity to kind of like own our stories and kind of like, yeah, like acceptance and, and it kind of like lifts um, a shadow of shame, really. Yes. Yes. And the only way to normalize mental health is to continue talking about it. And however you want to do that, if you want to do a great reel on Instagram, (laughs) then that's what you should be doing. Well, I'm so thrilled that you were able to join us today. I'm really 
proud of, of any woman that makes that, you know, choice to, you know, just change her entire flipping life. (laughs) It's not easy, not easy, but the greatest reward in the world. So thanks so much, Abby. Well, thank you for having me. I love talking to you. You too. All right. Bye everybody. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E Technology. Check them out.